Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. Which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome, welcome. This is episode four of Riding the Pine. This is Hondo. I'm here with Gee. Gee, what's up? What up? Hey, Gee. Yesterday, as a basketball fan, you had to feel pretty good. Had to feel pretty good. We we had a, just an opportunity of a lifetime here. An epiphany, say you will. An, ep- <laughs> an epiphany and a connection. Hey, Andrew Sullivan, when you're listening to this, we thank you. Thank, thank you, so you for much, the man. heads up. Thank you for the heads up. So yesterday, we'll tell a little bit to our viewers. We had the opportunity to meet Zach Levine from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Absolutely incredible. So Zach Levine is from this area. So he came back to play in the Seattle Pro-Am, and we got to watch him watch him play with some amateurs Play. As well as uh, he was Jamal Crawford, with the amateurs, but he was dunking over. Yeah, them. he was. I think he put up what six, eight dunks in that yeah, game. Probably a couple of tremendous dunks. So, yeah. um, but man, I got a hat signed by him. We got a picture with him. You know, Zach Levine. Thank you, thank you for for coming in and giving us some basketball. We don't have basketball in the city, and that's one of the few drawbacks of the city. But like. Hey, when basketball's here, we have to participate. So, yeah, we so will. we were out there. I think it it means a lot that they're here. It means a lot that they're giving back um, and really helping to grow the game because there's there's great athletes in this area. Mm-hmm. Crawford was here. Isaiah Thomas was here yesterday. Yeah, Levine was there. And hey, don't forget Chris Johnson. No, I'm not going to forget Chris. Jo- I was going to let you introduce that, but yes, ten day contract for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Chris Johnson was in the house, jumping out the building, throwing down some insane dunks. So insane dunks. Oh, insane! I like that plug. Oh, it's a great plug. We're not gonna we're not gonna kind of spoil it. We're just gonna introduce the concept this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? I want to. I think it was a great day, and we're kind of riding high on that. So we need to jump right into the game this week. All right. So we're gonna go to our our first segment of the day this week in basketball. Okay, so starting from the top, we're going to go a little bit into NBA league activity. First kind of thing, a little bit on the policy side, right. is is healthcare for the players for the league. So this is a major advancement for the league. This this league, when I think they can't be more progressive, just comes out and raises the stakes every single week, man. Yeah. What is it? Is is it silver? Is it the league? Is it just knowing that they need to care for the health of the players? What is it? This feels like a 180 from what the NFL does. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like everything Roger Goodell does, we would like to do the opposite. I think they're just learning from a clear example of what to do and what to do wrong and poorly. And the predecessor, you know, David Stern, kind of just was a businessman, not necessarily progressive mindset. I think it was all Adam Silver. Honestly, he's like changing the minds of owners and making sure that they keep up with the times changing the minds and hearts and realizing and the that these players too. these players are a critical part of the game yeah and it's like after they're done playing after they put this much hard work into the league the they need the to game. be supported that's yeah. the critical time when they need to be supported they're making incredible money right now but they're they're making that but really when they need that commitment on the health side is after they get done with this sport right because they're you know, their, their knees are banged up. Their body is just banged up. And right. that's that's when they need the support, especially with the older generation of players that played even more physical ball. I would say, you know, like we have our careers and they're like 30, 40, 50 year long careers and you retire. Yeah. They have a really short career and it could end in a moment with yeah. an injury with anything. And so they need to be protected. Yep. And even life after basketball, what are they? Like some of them like fall into bankruptcy even like just because of yeah. what they are doing. But 
you know, healthcare wise, it really helps support them. It gives a nice, you know, um, you're not in it for the business. We're in it with you. We're in it yeah. with you. So it's pretty nice that they are doing it. Yeah. Hey, Guy, we should really talk about the financial aspect of, of players. We talked about the contracts, but actually talking about how players save and how they get rookies to save. We'll take that on in a future episode. Yeah, I hope so. Just because it'd be, it, it's interesting, and I think this league is progressive enough to inter- keep introducing things for rookies. So once they get into the league, they, they save properly so they're not spending like rappers. Right. Take that, Kanye. Okay, so turning our attention from healthcare, I want to go a little bit into a new arena for the Clippers. So Steve Ballmer has kind of gone into... He's gone into L.A. He's talking about some uh, new options for the Clippers. Do you think this is good for the Clippers? Do you think it's advantageous for them to be split away from, from the Lakers? <clears throat> I'd be curious to know what you think, but I think 100% so. I find it really strange that they have two teams to begin with. Um, it's obviously catered to the market and the demand. Yeah. Uh, it's L.A. It'd be interesting to see what happens in 10 years from now, what happens with two teams in one city. But it's always been a Laker-dominated city, and it seems like Steve Ballmer is... Wanting to split that up. Yeah. But Staples Center, that whole um, convention area, yeah, has been revamped, revitalized with Staples Center. Yep. And so it would be interesting and kind of um, counterintuitive to split now, but maybe in the, the decade where there's a new redevelopment where yeah. Clippers fans, or maybe the team moves. Yeah, it's 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 hard to say. It's, it's actually an interesting point because, um, you know, the last little bit that they've been together... The Lakers are kind of carrying that that load for fan support, it, you know, out of the Staples Center. But now, I think the clip the Clippers are definitely the stronger team. Eclipsed, the, yes. they're the stronger team. But it right now it seems like it's making sense for them to go together. But given the NBA, given kind of how separate each one of these teams are, it just doesn't really make sense that they play at the same place. Right. It's interesting, like a scheduling standpoint too. Some, they always have to be one has to be home, one has to be away. And if they're playing against yeah. each other, one is home and one is away, and they're <laughs> it's really, just wild. I'd really love the perspective on what would happen if if they had to deal with traffic in like one area. There's like multiple games that you already have complex LA traffic, and you add like multiple games oh, of fifty thousand yeah. people. <laughs> but, oh, so that it would probably be on the opposite end of LA, and then that's not even a problem. no, no, it wouldn't even be a problem then. But it, it'd be funny if they were closer together and just <laughs> trying to deal with Seattle problems of like, oh, we now have we have four professional sports that are going to play together today and just unbelievable right so um okay i want to move move from the the clip stadium into into a couple international uh, items that the league is taking on this week one the pacers are going to play the nuggets in london which i think is good for the game i i think it's it's really awesome for the game in that we're kind of getting diversified, getting new players out. You know, the Pacers are, and the Nuggets, the Pacers are kind of on the uptrend. Nuggets are okay. Uh, but regardless, it's it's good for international fans to see them, to kind of build support. I've always heard that when, they, when they've when they come, they, they, they catch waves of fans. And yeah. they end up being fans for a really long time. What I know about this is that it's... Um it's the global sport of it all. Yeah. And it's really expanding without really putting uh, a lot of pressure on owners. Yeah. To have just a couple games from the smaller market teams right now. Yeah. Uh, to play international to help their brand and help the global brand. Um, because it's a small market team. Sure. And, you know, this might be, there might be incentives that are not really being disclosed. Yeah. Why, why they're doing it. I know that the preseason games, a lot of them are held abroad too. Mm-hmm. Like lots of them in Canada, a couple in China. Mm-hmm. So you had you had actually mentioned some games in our in our kind of pre talk on this about ga- other games in Mexico too. Yeah, and and who was going to go play in Mexico this well, season? Well, years past the guinea pig years. Um, was years it the past Rockets the guinea pig years, it, the, it was um, the, the Timberwolves oh, the and Timberwolves. like the Spurs or um, you know Houston Rockets and you know maybe someone with a Gustavo Yon or someone like you know uh, someone who spoke Spanish like a. Um, Grievous Vasquez or something. You know, okay. Jose okay. Calderon type of player. Sure. So sure. it kind of caters to their fans a little bit. Yeah. Um, but now I think they've turned, they've recognized that it was kind of a not ideal to have teams that are from long distance traveling to Mexico. No. So they're kind of keeping it really regional. Really so closer gonna... teams to have the have the Houstons or have the uh, the Mavericks. or Yeah, I think they're going to stick with the Southwest Division and okay. probably keep, keep, not Phoenix use the... Or somebody. Not use Lakers, but probably the the Texan teams. 
And uh, so I think they're probably in the works for a, a Rockets um, Mavericks game. Okay. Where do you, so I mean in thinking about this, do you think I think that the the league could continue to develop pretty strongly in Mexico, yeah. but I also think that I also think that it has huge potential in Europe to really really kind of elevate the game. Yeah. I was just thinking about this um the other day when when we were going through this episode. Like the idea of not cups or mini tournaments or anything. Yeah. But like let's say let's put down two weeks for international ball. And so all the teams yeah. are kind of in these like little mini bracket groups. Yeah. And they're just playing each other like for a week. Yeah. And then they come home and Yeah. What would should be what should be interesting so then they for would the have, game? Uh, they would have a week long or two week long trip to China, London. Yeah. Kind of leading into the All Star break or leading mm-hmm. after the All Star break. Yeah. I, I think I, it'd be kind of cool. I think it's an interesting idea and it's a it's a progressive idea. I also think that there's just a lot of home games. I mean, there's still what what is it? Uh forty one. Yeah, forty one home games. So it's like you could cut a, you could cut a couple games there, you could cut a couple games couple away games and it's just like that might be the optimal mix it's yeah. just like then you could i mean you could adjust tickets and everything else appropriately but i i think what it would add to the branding and the merchandising they would they would make up extensively um yeah. just because of this yeah some of it is a little controversial in terms of records and stat keepers um yeah. people that like to look at the metrics of stats of the past and home away records and you know what that means? Sure, but, I but that I, I honestly don't. That care. feels that feels like an antiquated it's notion, antiquated. and it also feels like it also feels like as long as it's set up to to play pro ball, like they can play pro ball there. So think of this though: Minnesota Timberwolves played the San Antonio Spurs in Mexico like yeah. a year or two years ago, I believe. Yeah. Minnesota was the home team. That went on our home record, and we lost. Why even have it as a home record game? I know, I I know, it, but to me, like that's, I think that's like that's a classification that can that, that should, should be adjusted. It's just yeah. to me, it's so reminiscent of what the structure is between uh, interleague ball for for baseball between American right. and National League, and like how how that stigma kind of went away and they started playing each other and it actually improved yes it improved the game and i think i think the nba has an opportunity to do that as well as grow its international audience even beyond what baseball did but they can kind of change the game because i i think it's so transferable to these areas even more so than than baseball and football Basketball's doing it already. Uh, we just did a, a little um, ad hoc rule last year for the first time. Well, top eight teams, yeah. regardless of division, makes the playoffs. It's not like the fourth seed, the, the, the top seed in the division of the Northwest Division gets the fourth seed. Yeah, That's not the case anymore. Yeah. If they had a, less, a worse record than you know, like the, you know, the Golden State Warriors or yeah. the San Antonio Spurs that are, happen to be in the same you know, conference yeah. or the same division. Uh, what I was going to say is that we're already making moves towards eliminating these little like artificial things, yeah. like division, sure. conference, in a way. Sure. Why not remove this home away record style mm-hmm. uh, f- metric yeah. and kind of do like this home away international? Hey, Adam Silver, you're, if you're listening, yo, buddy. Hey, we're proposing big things over here on Riding the Pine, so we we want you to weigh in with us. Hey, friend. Tweet at us. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it'd be great. I'd, I'd love to talk about divisions and conferences in a future episode because yeah, we, we really need to dig into that kind of preseason. But let's let's continue on with the episode. I want to move to the second part of this week in basketball, and that's gameplay. Really, the gameplay this week has been centered around kind of two games that the U.S. Olympic team has had, uh, some exhibition games. Now, these games, just blowouts, absolute blowouts. Um, they they beat the Chinese team. I, they played the Chinese team twice, but it was like fifty point blowouts. So I'm just like, I don't you know. Looking at the first game, the only stat kind of digging into the stats the way I do, I saw like six players with ten or more points. They're kind of getting their footing. I didn't. I don't really have any discernible highlights. I don't think this is like something you can really read that much into right. just because it's like it they're still kind of getting their direction together the the Chinese team just doesn't have much of a defense 
Now, as we looked at the second game, a 107-57 win, uh, Carmelo had like 21 points, or he had 20 points. Cousins had 21 points and 11 boards. Cousins making a statement in that second game. Cool. So, um, <laughs> there was a there was a stat that I dug up on this. The U.S. team, the U.S. team beat China off the boards 48 to 21. Oh. I mean, just like this is like the varsity team is now going to play the sixth grade team. Sorry, Chinese team. Good luck. Sorry, Chinese team. It, like it was just you're overmatched in this game. Right. So, all right, we're going to move into our third segment, and that is player activity. We had a couple of couple of big announcements in player activity this week. Let's start out with uh, Amare Stoudemire. Yeah, so he was he's retiring from the NBA. Yeah, you know. So you it. gave me an update that he's he's going to play international ball. Yeah, he's going to play some international ball, but he officially retired from the NBA, and good for him. It's kind of yep. you know. A, not necessarily a sad time because I remember those days of like probably the best era in my my experience of basketball, which was like the early two thousands, and like that Spurs Sun series with Duncan, Amare, Nash, yeah, Parker, Ginobili, Robert Ori, oh my smashing into Steve Nash. You remember that or that? Yeah, no, I remember it. I it was it's, it's, it's back probably in time, the but biggest series I've ever seen. Yeah, um, strangest series I've ever seen, and uh, Amare was. A top of his game then, and I just remember how he changed the power forward position. Like it used to be this brawler you know, Barkley style. Yeah, you know, Karl Malone. Then Amari Stoudemire came in the league, and he was just like, "I'm gonna just out jump you. I'm gonna <laughs> be quicker than you. I'm just gonna get the ball and just make my moves quicker and faster than you. Yeah, I'm just gonna hustle you." So, so there's so, uh, there was one controversial point around his retirement, and I thought I saw that he did retire with the Knicks. Right, but. He wanted to retire with the Suns. Yeah. So, do you know the actual process of, say, a you know a veteran, somebody who's been in the league, wants to retire? Do they just are they simply reaching out to the team to see if they can sign a one day? That's or, exactly it. That's oh, correct. Okay. It's um it's a benefit for his brand. It's not necessarily always a benefit to the team because they have to kind of give up something that they actually. You can't just sign a one-day contract for no money. It's something. It's something. So. And so they didn't want to give any other assets. Yeah. And maybe they were kind of disgruntled by the way that he left because he left. Um, well, good on him for retiring. Good on him for picking the time to retire, not later, sure. even though he's kind of been insignificant for four years. So I want to I ask a little bit deeper question on not necessarily Amari, but this... This idea of what Amari is doing. Yeah, yeah. And this is this notion of retiring from the NBA to go play in another league where you can still make money, where the competition may not be of the same level. So it's like you still can contribute, but you're not necessarily having to be at that NBA peak level. I think he saw the writing on the wall. He wasn't going to get a contract. He wasn't going to get anything from the NBA. Yeah. Um, he probably had a conversation with Knicks, um, with Heat, with yeah. you know, who would be probably willing to resign him, and it never worked out. And so he kind of played his he, his cards really, just to like yeah. go out and get out to another contract. The conversation is WNBA players they don't have an off season when they're done with their season in the NBA or in the U.S. Uh, league. They go play international ball because there's another contract for them. Mm-hmm. It keeps them going, keeps them busy. Also, they don't really know anything other than basketball. Like, that's their whole life. Mm-hmm. It's life after basketball that gets really complicated. And maybe Amare, he's gone, he's gone through a lot in his life mm-hmm. with his family. Maybe he doesn't want to live a life outside of basketball. Right now, maybe he's not ready. Yeah, and I think, you know, good for him sure. to get a contract outside and we'll see but, what happens. But I, I guess to, to my question, are other players going to do something similar? Oh. Do, do we think oh, this the is... Thought of, the thought of leaving the NBA, if you don't get these options in the NBA, yeah. as other leagues become more competitive, yeah. are other players going to turn to this same route? Yeah, I think and, so. Well, and I, I think as the game spreads, I think the opportunities develop. You know, there are leagues like... Uh, Chinese teams, the some of the Euroleague teams yeah. that I think it's becoming a possibility to do that. Yeah, you're it, best. it may even be a possibility to <laughs> to do that during peak times, and that's uh, that's an interesting perspective as well. Very interesting. There's already talks about things like this happening, and we got like the Josh Childresses of the world in Europe and Eurobasket playing and beasting. We have like the 
Michael Petrus's that came to the NBA, didn't really succeed in the NBA, went back to Europe and is beasting in Europe. Rudy Fernandez is another kind of player case. Stefan Marbury type of player case. I'll say there's people in line right now in queue for contracts that are not getting contracts that could probably spend a half a season to a full season abroad and mm-hmm. then get picked up by the trade deadline or get picked up that, right in time for the playoffs. That is, that is and ex- guess who I'm thinking of right now? I don't know. Lance, make him dance, Stevenson. <laughs> that is I wild. Think, that is wild. That's, I think that's what's going to happen, honestly. That that is very interesting. Hey, let's we need to reserve this for a whole yeah. other show because I think we could talk for several hours on this subject I know, because it's of pretty interesting. Of, of how interesting it is. Cool. Uh, I want to get into a couple other aspects of player activity. The first one, it, well, the second one is KD is actually he because of these exhibition games and where they were held he got to play in Oracle Arena. Oh great. And I think that's kind of interesting it's because of all the buzz that he had. You know, I just think him getting out on the court kind of getting his bearings out there. I think it it's not like oh, you know, he's ready to go, but it's like <laughs> he's it means something kind of I think it means something emotionally to kind of be out there on the court with some of his teammates and everything kind oh, of and get, a lot of the fans getting and, and the fans just getting started. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say on my end from that. I just think that the experience is great and greater than the actual um, result. Probably sure. he just felt it, and he, he's get, he's being brought in really well into yeah. the system in, in Golden State. Um, so there's some player movement this week. Uh, the first one is Dion Waiters to Miami. I don't like Dion Waiters. I don't think Dion Waiters should be in the league. But Dion Waiters is moving to Miami. Why is Miami wanting to do this? Even uh, they lost Wade. They lost Gerald Green. They lost. They lost scorers. They lost Luol Deng. Uh, what is Dion Waiters gonna do, <laughs> dude? I don't know. He wears the same number as Wade. I don't think that's gonna happen. So <laughs> um, he just might be like a filler. They need to kind of make reach the floor and you know salary cap. Kind of a good opportunity. Maybe it can be used as a trade asset towards the end of the trade deadline. I uh, again, I, I shake my again, head. Again, I don't know who wants him, but I yeah, having Wade's number unbelievable. I'd, well. I did. I did think he was going to Philadelphia, but I'm, I guess I'm glad I'm proved wrong. <laughs> uh, so there's a, a couple players that um, have either re-signed or kind of reached deals in Portland. Mo Harkless re-signed in Portland. C.J. McCollum signs a max deal with Portland. I think that's a positive, very positive deal for. Portland. I love what they're doing. They revamped last season. Yeah, and they they, they said we're here to play. They're going to be exciting to watch. They're going to be fun. I mean, they have some nice pieces too. So good on them. Good on CJ McCollum to really yeah. kind of he's a he's a scrawny two guard. You know, he's really th- uh, light framed and and short, relatively short. But he really kind of just took his own, do and you, he was the most improved player. He deserves it, honestly. Do you you think he deserves max though? Do, I mean, I don't know what that means really. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting to consider what max. What Max means, it's just like we're playing with funny money this offseason anyways. Yeah. So it's just money. like he – but he he's a strong enough player to be a central asset to a team. Ask I think that, that he deserves that level. I don't know if he deserves Max Max contract. Yeah. I, I don't Ask know. me that question six, seven years ago when I would have said like the Kevin Garnett's, the Kobe Bryant's, they're Max players and that's how the league was – shown yeah but now it's like oprah winfrey you get a max you get a max (laughs) you get a max (laughs) you know what i'm saying that's it man that's it so so, yeah i don't know contracts are kind of like all in or all out yeah and these like role players kind of fill in the gaps afterwards yeah but do you think he no i i definitely think that i just i just don't know if he's if he's the central figure, I, I think he's a strong two. I don't think he's, you know, he's necessarily the lead to build around for a team. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, I will say this is probably going to be part of our feature segment. Yeah, um, a lot of this, but the notion of maxing a player versus not, and then the player deciding what's more valuable: winning, money, or a yeah. culture. And so, yeah, no, we'll it's... figure that out in a segment here coming up. Yeah, but. They should get what they're worth for sure, but if they take the max, you know, two other people that also require the max can't get the max. Yeah, no, it's 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 conversation. It's it's a balancing act yeah. for for them, for the league, for their coaches uh, to crazy. try and understand that. But yeah, that's that is a long and complicated subject. But he deserved it. I think Portland has a really nice core going. 
and um, they're probably not going to be bottoming out anytime soon. No, so no. they need to kind of keep what's going positive, positive, and and they have to stay competitive. They have they, to stay they're going to stay in the if they're going to stay in the West and they're going to be competitive in the West. Yeah. They need the assets to do that. So exactly. Um, talking about assets, David Lee signs to the Spurs. What an asset! <laughs> but I, I think that's that's a strong move from the Spurs. I think that they yeah. they already have they're already strong. They're already strong. You know they don't have Duncan coming back, but they're they're already strong. They're going yeah. to be competitive again. So it's just like adding those veteran. How long has Lee been in the league? Do you, any approximation? Like ninety eight, two thousand. Okay. So whoa, hold on a second. Ninety eight. No. Like 2005? Oh, okay. Yeah, it'd be like 2005. Okay. We're giving David We're Lee a few more back. years. Yeah, he's probably been in the league 10 plus years now, so. Okay. Mostly with the Knicks. Sure. And the Warriors. Sure. But he's a, I mean, it, he's he'll just be a bench. The Spurs kind of lost a lot of big man depth. Yeah. So they lost West and Dio and Duncan. Uh, they didn't lose Dio. Dio's not much of a loss, so. <laughs> I can't hear you. Would you say? Uh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Um, the last part of player activity this week is Dwayne Wade getting introduced in Chicago. It's not really like it's not breaking news. It's not anything. breaking news, but he's kind of getting to getting to know his teammates and getting introduced to Butler and getting introduced to Rondo and and the whole crew. So he got I, introduced to a big crowd. And yep. it was like a standing ovation. And then he immediately said, thank you. This is not my team. This is Jimmy Butler's team. But you got to, I mean, from from like inevitably a Hall of Fame style player to go and say that. Yeah, it's pretty it, big. It's, it's pretty cool. And it, I really think that they have an opportunity to kind of to mesh together. And it's, they're, they're, there's going to be interesting times with that team, of course. But I think if they if they gel together... Chicago, Chicago could really, really make a definitive impact. That, you know, this next season. He went on record saying, you know, um, he probably had a contract in Miami already, like in the books. Yeah, and his family loves it in Miami and everything. Yeah, I think this was one of his first selfish deals. Like he did this to for himself. He wanted to yeah. kind of. He's never been that way. Yeah. I mean, I know he's all about been up the money with like T-Mobile deals and leaning shoe deals. Yeah. Um, massive amount of money that way i think he's made way more money than the nba itself this was one thing for himself to kind of really garner the value he truly deserved this whole time yeah and he took on it he took it on no i but i think that's important and i think that if you're if you're a player of his caliber that if you've already won championships and you've established your dominance in the area and your team is is kind of rebuilding it's like as a player, do you want to see it through? You have to make a choice here. Yeah. Do you want to see it through the whole rebuild, or do you want to reestablish and make your mark on the game elsewhere? And I think that's what, given everything you said about the economics of what he's already done, like I think he wants to go try a new and try to win a championship in another place. Yeah. And that's to me, that's okay. It's as a super fan for for Miami or someone like that. It's devastating to lose a player of that caliber, but they're essentially making a decision um, to kind of leave their mark on the game after a certain point. So one thing, it's a hot take. You don't know this that I'm I'm predicting or I'm I'm throwing this out here. I had this conversation with a mutual friend of ours. Okay, okay. uh, While we were at the summer ball thing. Sure. Shout out to Brian. Um, we We were kind of dabbling in the concept of Wade ending up in Cleveland. So this is a deal that really? goes to his hometown in Chicago, but there's some theory here. There's some okay. like rumors. Okay, this is this is clearly actually moving into rumor mill territory. This, but... is, this is a transition. This is our transition. Okay, okay. This is a hot take. Yeah, of course, of course. This is not a rumor. If no, I, 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 I get where you're going. It's, it's definitely a hot take, and I, I think the... You have you have a point. You have a point that if he he were to slide in there, yes, he he does run for a championship. But Cleveland, I feel like Cleveland he's already done it. it. He's Cleveland. already done it with him. He's already done it with LeBron. If he could do it with other players, he establishes his permanent mark on the game. I remember a, a Christmas game. It was Chicago. It was uh, Cleveland versus Miami. Okay, during a a, a pre timeout, uh, you know, kind of our twenty second timeout. Wade and LeBron were kind of 
you know, joking around with each other, getting all buddy-buddy. Sure. And then they knew the mic was on. Yeah. And they were saying, we're going to do some great things next season. Well, they're going to do some great. We're going to do some great things next season, and people ran with that, being like, "They're going to get. They're going to team up together. They're going to team up in Cleveland, creeping, create another super team or something stupid." So people are running with it, and I'm just kind of putting some. All right, I, I do. I do like this. Is this is no longer our rumor mill? This is our conspiracy, conspiracy theory. theory. <laughs> this is our conspiracy theory here on Riding the Pine. I, downtown. I like it. I like the hot take. We're going to move into the actual rumor mill. For, for things that we've been hearing out there. One is the is the Paul Pierce Paul Pierce staying kind of with the Clippers. Is he how long is he gonna stay? Where is he gonna retire? Like I think he got another one year deal. Okay. Uh, for just the season. I believe he's is in a Boston? Be, he's I believe he's he, no he's here with the Clippers. Okay. He's there with the Clippers. But he's there to see it through with Doc and then after the season, yeah. there's already a deal in place. I'm I've I've heard. You've heard. Based on rumors that he's going to be dealt to Boston to retire. Okay, okay, and I, I and it's because of mutual relations between Doc Rivers, Paul Pierce, Boston. Yeah, that that would that would make perfect they've sense. It. They've already kind of had this like handshake agreement. That would make perfect sense. Okay, I'm 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 gonna throw this out there. You're yeah. the you're the biggest T Wolves fan out there. So we're gonna we're gonna end the rumor mill and we're gonna end this week in basketball by saying what should KG do? WWKGD. <laughs> so we were talking earlier about Tim Duncan retiring. We were talking about Amari retiring. Yep. You know, Dirk is probably next in line. We're thinking, you know, KG's on that list. He's on that short list of he's what is he? The only player left have, from '97 or something like that. Yeah, he's the only player to that. And if he plays through this year, he's played 22 years. In the That's league. an incredible. That has never happened in the NBA. 22 seasons. 22 seasons. So I mean. He's clearly made his money. He's clearly kind of made his impact on the game. He's won his championships. Is it just be- he's he's ending his career with a pretty special set of players on the younger side? And do you think that his impact on those players is why he's staying around? Oh man, this could get really emotional really quick because of the <laughs> fandom in us, but okay. also just because of the spirit of the game that yeah. he's embodying. Yeah, leaving the NBA. Sure. Um, I will say this much: He should retire. Okay. I don't want him to retire. I don't think anyone in the organization wants him to retire. I sure. think he's had conversations with Tom Thibodeau, with um, Glenn Taylor, the owner. Yeah, and he's expressed how he cannot move. But yeah, he's, no. He's I like, mean, if his body is going to get out, move. Yeah, but he can't leave the game. But he wants to reach. The yeah. playoffs one more time. He wants to leave yeah. the team, but but there's wi- like well off, you know. Yeah, no, and and I understand that. But doesn't it make sense not to completely drive him into a wheelchair, but to to really allow for him to come in a coaching capacity and to continue to help the organization? We were talking about player owners. I yeah. love the concept of player coaches. Yes, like towards the end of their careers, yes, it's becoming like the initial another voice on the court. Yes, it's so cool. And and they just they stay connected to the game. They they kind of keep their purpose with the game before they make a transition completely outside of the it's game. It's a young man's game. It's a superstar, you know, led team, like led league. Yeah. But it's all about mentorship. It's all about yeah. the brotherhood and yeah. how to be a standout person sure. in the community, sure. in the game, in the game within the game, mm-hmm. in society. And how do you grow as a person? Because these are eighteen year olds now sure. making ten million dollars. You know, so. Uh, KG, you know, being the most paid player in NBA history, has a lot to say on that. Yeah. KG, who's the hot, like, oldest player in the NBA now, has a lot to say on that. So, yeah. And the job he's done with Carl Anthony Towns, let me just say, like, Carl Anthony Towns' biggest reason yeah. that he's so good so quickly is because of Kevin, Dur- Kevin Garnett. All right. All right. Well, I want to. I- and I think. Yeah. The way that Sam Mitchell led or left the NBA, oh, God. he was the mentor to KG. Okay, all right. That's where I was going. With okay, it. we're not talking way. that much about Sam Mitchell on this. Well, okay. the way that he left the NBA, he was the mentor to KG. Yeah. He kind of gave the keys. I think okay. KG is going to want to do that with Towns. Sure. I think I just think he wants another season to kind of like develop. 
Okay. That that notion. He's he's got to be able to move. He's Honestly, got... What a cool, what a cool way to go out to a team that yeah. hasn't been in the playoffs for 13 years since he's been on the team. Yeah. To go to the playoffs with him on the team. Oh no no no! It would be it, it would, would be, be amazing. Ultimate... It would be it would be an impact statement. But then he just he needs to make that transition out of the league. So yeah. Ah, uh, but no. It'd be really hard for us not to be able to say goodbye to him. No, I, I, I think that's – I don't think he's going to go the way of Duncan. I don't think he's just going to go quietly into the night. I think, I think it's, he's going to go more the, way of Co- more the way that Kobe went out and just Maybe, kind yeah. of more of that impact, even though he's not, he's not Kobe's, Kobe's level per se, but he is an impact player, and I think the league, the league wants to say goodbye to him properly. I think so. so. All right, we're – that that concludes our uh, the rumor mill in this week in basketball. As we come back to riding the pine, we're going to get into our feature segment, and we're going to go into the somewhat oozy definition of what is a super team. Oozy. All right, we'll be right back. with Red the Pine. I'm here with Gee. We are back for our feature segment this week. So this week, we're going to tackle the controversial subject of the super team. I, I've just been so frustrated with this concept because really, it seems to lack a standard definition. Right. So <laughs> my first question for this segment is, what is a super team? Like, what is a super team? And I... The the amount I've kind of looked on this topic, I can't seem to find a centralized definition, and it's 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 a little bit frustrating because it's like, hey, hey, the Warriors are a super team, hey, the Knicks are a super team, hey, the Bulls were a super team. It's yeah. just like, who is a super team, and what the heck is a super team? Right. So it's just like, I don't think there's been there's never been a standard definition, especially from like the NBA or anything like that. So. To me, this is like armchair quarterbacks and writers and everything just kind of using this term very liberally. So, Well, I think they're creating a buzz with a term that's not really affiliated with anything. It's just... That's... Okay. And that's... We are, we that's are, we're, deli- we're dedicating this as a super team. Super team. Super team. You remember like um, Mount Rushmore became a really uh, hot topic with the NBA? Like who's on your Mount Rushmore? Oh, I don't remember this. Oh, okay. So it's like who's your... Who's your Mount Rushmore oh. point guards? And they'll oh. be like John Stockton and you yeah. know, Magic Johnson. Yeah. So that would be your presidents of the point guard position. Yeah. Okay. It became this huge talking point for all media outlets out there. Yeah. Like, God bless them, but they're like also like... They're just ridiculous. searching for news 24 hours a day on this. Yeah. They're just so ridiculous in terms of just trying to create buzz feeds, like sure. you know, buzzwords. Yeah. Super team is a topic that really a lot of people are gravitating towards because... You've seen it recently with the Boston Celtics in quotation marks with Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Rajon Rondo, Kevin Garnett. Yep. You saw it recently with Miami Heat with Wade, LeBron, Bosch. You saw it through the draft with OKC in Durant, Westbrook, Harden, yeah. Reggie Jackson. Like it could go on. Yeah. Abaka. Oh, Abaka. Sure. You're seeing it again in Clay Thompson, yeah, Clay Stephen Thompson, Curry, Curry, Draymond Green, yeah, and then you're now you're adding a Kevin Durant to a super team, so it's like you've established a super team. Now you added a value, an MVP player to a super team. So, but it's just the notion of super team is kind of aloof. It's like it's it's aloof. It, there's it's like no description. It's just a team that is expected to do really well. But it's <laughs> to your point. It's like the notion of like your top five players or your Mount Rushmore. It's it's so subject. To your personal definition of, of of what it means, yeah, I think I think what it means. So let, let's try and establish some criteria. If if we were to come up with what a notion for a super team was, I think I think you at least have to have one Hall of Fame like level player on on your on your team. So I think a LeBron, I think a Dwayne Wade, I think a Kobe Bryant. 
I think, <laughs> like any of those level of players, you, do you add somebody like Carmelo? Could Carmelo be the foundation of a super team? Let me ask you this. Is yeah. James Harden alone a super team? Is, no. No, right? no. I, I, don't think, I don't think you can have one player. I don't think it's two players. I think at a minimum, minimum. you need three players. That's where I was going to go with this because like James Harden and Dwight Howard – Looked pretty great on paper until they started playing games. Yeah. And it didn't turn out that way. Sure. But I, I, I think you need somebody who's unequivocally like <laughs> a a Jordan, unequivocally yeah. like a Kobe. So somebody to anchor the team, a perennial all-star. Now you add to them, you add two other recurring all-stars to that mix. People that the fans would vote in that that they deem as worthy of playing that next level ball. Right. And they, they get to a super team. <laughs> it's interesting to me, like, a super team would have to get to the playoffs for me to, like, at least declare them a super team. Like, yeah, if, you're, if, you, if you go together but don't play well, you're just the reincarnation of the Brooklyn Nets. Like, that, that is really all you are. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so, right on, dude. So it's like, I think, I think you have to play and you have to prove that you're, you're of that caliber. Yeah. So... Um, it does go to the notion, though, of the players versus money versus you know legacy and you know what they want to leave on the league, the, their imprint on the league. Sure. And we'll probably get into it soon here, but like the legacy of players in the past, like the Jordans, like the Magic Johnsons, like the Larry Birds, they had kind of quote unquote super teams themselves, and they didn't have to do it all themselves. Actually, very few teams did it all by one player, one superstar. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't really even name more than one, you know? Yeah. And um, it's always done by the team. And so they're realizing maybe their value is more accredited or uh, appropriated towards trophies, towards championships, yeah. not individual awards. And thank the Lord that that's the player mentality now. Yeah. It's not about individual success. It should always be about the team's success. Because this is a team sport. <laughs> so I a team sport. actually... You might hate the concept of super teams yeah. or the definition, but I'm well, so on board because I love what it, it's doing. Well, the notion I, – let me – to your point, let me address one thing. I'm not against the definition of what a super team means in that you've gelled so well together that you've won one or more championships. Yeah. I'm not against that because that shows absolute teamwork. Right. What, I'm, what I'm against is this – this lack of definition and saying, hey, this team with two players is a super team. This team with five great players is a super team. You know, this team has never won a championship. This team has won six championships. What I'm, what just drives me bonkers yeah. as an analytical guy in yeah. basketball is saying, hey, this this team who hasn't proven anything is a super team, and this team who has proven everything is is not declared a super team because we don't know what a super team is. <laughs> so, like, that is what drives me yeah, nuts about this. So, you know, kind of given what I know, I think I would have to go, going back to my definition, rounding out my definition, I have to go back to that, that Hall of Famer or, like, extreme all-star right you know the, the person who has many many years of all-star game experience you have two other assets to back up that all-star and then you have other players now if you have a four if you have a four you're you're like you're in you're yeah. if, if you have four play if you have one central player and three other players i think you're absolutely in if right. you have five i think unequivocally you're in i don't know if we can ever go to a time where a team Bench. has had five yeah. like players that are that are you know all-stars or perennial all-stars all on the same team all behaving and playing at that level at the same right. time because i feel like i feel like teams have gotten veterans at the end of their careers that have kind of filled that 4 or 5 seed but they haven't made that impact as they would have in their prime. So to be a little bit more meta about this, yeah. what is what is a dynasty to you in NBA and then basketball? I think a dynasty is a team that wins three or more championships. Okay. And so what about a championship team that's won only one? What are they? They're just a championship team? I think they're a championship team, but yeah. I don't think they're I don't think you can declare yourself a dynasty no. without a dynasty ha- in my Had definition has time. to win multiple championships. Yeah. And so a super team mm-hmm. is 
less than a championship team. It just has high hopes. It's just a team with a lot of expectations. Well, well, and that's it. Well, I, I think, I think you're partially. I, I mean, from an opinion perspective, sure. From a how I, how I view this, this side of the equation, I, I think a super team, a super team could be a part of a championship team or championship season or a part of a dynasty sure okay they're they're subcomponents of those areas because like you could you could be on your way to becoming a dynasty with a super team that's what this what this warriors team could potentially do but i would say they've won one they've lost one you know they've lost in the finals they're coming back they're playing again they are a championship team correct they are not a they are not a dynasty as of this point. They have they're they're a great team. They are a great team, but I don't think you could point last season to them being a super team. But maybe that's their goal is to become a dynasty. They're at that point. Oh, then, but I but I think becoming a dynasty yeah. means several several seasons of complete dominance. Yeah. And they showed near complete dominance last year, but if you don't win the championship, you're not a it's dynasty. For not. Yeah. You're not a dynasty. You're com- you're extremely competitive. You're a championship level caliber team, but maybe you're not that level. Okay. Do the championships have to be consecutive? I don't think they have to be consecutive, and I think I think the the structure and the competitiveness in basketball today doesn't allow for doesn't really allow for that structure. I know that we saw that structure in the two thousands. I know that right. I know that we've seen that structure, but I think. I think as the league gets more top-heavy with these teams that compete against one another, it's going to become more rare to see these teams kind of win back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Even though the Cavs are great, they could easily be beat by the Spurs next year. They could easily be beat by the Warriors next year. Like, the Knicks could run at them next year. It's just it's hard to say that you win win consecutively, but if you have the same players and the same components and you win over a series of years, I think you still are a dynasty. I still think there's a case for making the, you know, the, the consistency in the Spurs, a, a, a dynasty or a continual progressive championship team. It's that's the point I was going to make is that the pundits up there, the, the media players, media players and whatever, whatever people that are announcing these kind of things, are saying that a dynasty is a consecutive winner, a uh, consecutive championship team. Yes. Um, and the San Antonio Spurs, maybe they're just trying to draw in numbers, but the San Antonio Spurs are not a dynasty. No, they're they're not a dynasty because they have not won consecutively over time. They've but they have a they have a championship mentality yeah. and they continue to win championships right. over decades. And that's 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 still very I mean, that's incredibly strong and right. incredibly strong in winning versus the overall league. But they're not, you know, they're not the Lakers in the 2000s. They're not Miami. Yeah. You know, they're they're not even Boston like right. that. They're just, they weren't coming at you back to back to back, but they were always in it and they're always playing competitively. So, so going, going, going back to this point, we talked a little bit about this, uh, about the Warriors, Let's talk a little bit about the Knicks because this this notion was floated around by Carmelo himself. <laughs> Are the Knicks a super team? I I I, I don't think so. Not I, at all. I, I don't think so. I. Th- I want to be fair to them though. I want to be fair to the Knicks. Saying I think the the Knicks are a lot stronger, and they're a very competitive team. But they don't have all of the components to be a super team. Yeah, and they are like so. If we go through. If we go through their components that I think would, they think would make them a super team, you're you're gonna go with Rose, well, it's, it's just just going through the lineup, right? With Rose, with Melo, with Porzingis, with Noah, Noah, and Courtney Lee. That's your starting five. <laughs> okay, that's that that's the starting five. So and of that, Carmelo is your uh, franchise he, Hall of Famer he, player. He's your Hall of Famer. He, you got you got Rose as a. As a strong um, perennial all star, right. um, but you you have unproven talent with Porzingis, Porzingis, and Deng is a is an asset, but he's not not Deng. No, uh, Noah. No, or... no, no. Sorry, Noah is an asset, but I don't think he's I don't think he's strong enough to throw up to that next level. Yeah. 
He's he's a he's what is he an NBA third teamer NBA second teamer at best. So I, I mean he's one defensive player of the year too. Just letting you know, he's he has it in him. I think he's he really had a buckle uh, a sure. series of injuries that really tainted his uh, athleticism. Sure. So he's not what he used to be. And so to your point, they are not a super team, but they look compelling on paper. Yeah. And him saying that yeah. is just really him buying in. Being a well, market, I, being very marketable, and um, I mean, good for him. He's believing in himself and his team. Yeah, no, but if, do they have the potential to be a super team? No, maybe. I I say maybe. I say maybe that you know, if Rose, if Rose continues to play at a level and doesn't get hurt, which I I don't think strongly that he'll be able to play consecutive years without getting some sort of injury. Um, I think that Melo's capable of playing at that level. I think Porzingis, after he continues to grow in this league, is has the potential to play at that level. Um, I think Noah will continue continue to grow, but like, but no, but Noah as well as Courtney Lee, I don't know where they where they continue to go from here. There, there's to me, there's so much variability in both of those players' games that I I don't know if they continue to be at the tra- trajectory but i still think they're they're a they're in the running for a two or a three or a four very easily yeah. as as for this definition as for the topic today a super team maybe a stretch yeah maybe so. i'll add this um i'm really confident in porzingis courtney lee and carmelo anthony i think the red flags are no pun intended with bulls players yeah but it's Derek rose and joaquin noah yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with this team sure. in terms of depth, in terms of replacing them if they get injured. Yeah. And actually, I don't really know about Rose's dump sh- jump shot anymore. Joakim Noah doesn't really have a jump shot anymore. Yeah. And it's all reliant on Porzingis out, on the, out of the paint. And I just have a really hard time uh, seeing how they can continue um, vying for contention when sure. they're probably as good as they're going to be right yeah. now. All right, well. Okay, so let's – I want to go into one of these notions. And I, as I thought about this topic, I thought about one interesting aspect. Does location matter to a super team? Now, I think it does. I think it does. I think it does because you have storied franchises. You have, you have the Lakers. You have the Celtics. You have the Bulls. Like even – potentially even Miami. There are other locations where I don't think, given the current structure, that you can get super team components because people don't want to play there. They don't want to live there. Like, it's the aspect of just being a player. It's like, hey, convincing LeBron to come down to Miami, it's Miami, man. It's not hard. It's Miami. But, like, convincing convincing LeBron to go to Utah, like, uh, probably not. So I think I think location does have an impact. It does have an impact because players are inevitably picking picking places and areas they want to live, they want to grow, they want to like they, they want to play and they want to play for their fans. I yeah. think that that's extremely important. So I think when we look at it at least currently, the there is a notion of like of certain areas that have that potential. Um now you add areas like Cleveland, which kind of changes that notion. Um, we might as well ask the question: Is Cleveland a super team? I, I don't, I don't think so. I think they are a championship caliber team. I think they will continue to continue to improve and continue to get better. Could they win multiple championships? Yes. Do they? Do they have all the assets on paper that would? That would qualify them for perennial all stars. <laughs> they might, they might, but they also like. It seems like there's so much variability in that yeah. statement. So um, I believe they are a super team. It meets your four criteria. Okay, that is what we decided as or concluded as our definition. Okay, okay, okay. And I think they aren't a dynasty because they haven't won more than one. Okay, but they have. On paper, as well as uh, evidence on their rings, on their fingers, yeah, that they have can do it. They can so, win. So, so, so that would be multiple years. That would be two more years, and then we consider them a dynasty. Okay, but they already are in my mind a super team they, because they, they have, have uh, LeBron. They have as LeBron. The they have Kyrie. 
They have Kyrie Love. and Love as the perennial all stars. Yes, that could you know lead teams on their own. Yep, and they have a great coach. Nope, that wasn't your criteria. What was the fourth criteria? Well, the criteria is that they make it. They at least make it to the playoffs, oh, and, if, and that's a, and they win a championship. So they're okay. I, I I think if you have the if you have those kind of three core components, I think you have to at least be considered a a super team that. A super team that's competitive to win a championship. Right. They are a championship. <laughs> they are a championship winning super team at this point. Yeah. Uh, they are not a super team dynasty <laughs> until they until they win more consecutive championships, right. which is could be possible in this league. I, you know, I'm going to bet against it, but uh, <laughs> I'm willing to get into that with anybody else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to talk about a couple, a couple other gray areas for for this notion. The next one is, can you draft a super team? And this is to me, to me, it's like going back to your OKC example. Yeah. You can draft. I feel like you can draft a super team. Right. The standard definition says that's not the case. That's correct. Because you know, but let's let's go back to the criteria. If you establish a, you know, a Hall of Fame style player, if you if you keep drafting these other players that are that are extremely capable and they're perennial All Stars, if you get to the playoffs, if you win a championship, I think you have to be considered at least considered in that pool. Correct. At least considered in that pool. For sure. Is it is it possible or even likely that you draft a a super team with five five like all-star caliber players, as well as one Hall of Famer, multiple Hall of Famers even. It has never happened before. Never happened. Could it happen? Statistically, it could happen. Is it likely to happen? It's not likely to happen. It's not likely to happen. Players in the speed of movement in this NBA won't allow for these teams to build and grow and prosper in the manner that they did in previous generations. 100%. So, but I think it's, I think given... Given specific criteria, it is possible. Hey, you know what? I, I'm going to have to say that the the T Wolves, if they keep putting the pieces together, they could hit the aspects of a super team. They could, they could hit, have five. They could <laughs> five of your criteria. Uh, yeah, I don't want. They, they definitely certainly possible. Yo, let's list it off: Towns franchise, perennial okay. All Stars, Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins. Wow. Um, the fourth is just more of the same getting to the playoffs. Yeah. Fifth is Chris Dunn, Ricky Rubio. Yeah. Gorgie Jang, Sabaz, Palaces, <laughs> Muhammad. Uh, you're going deep now. You're going, you're going really, all, really deep. All of them is have it? been draft picks by us. Of course. Of course. Uh, I guess with the exception of Wiggins. But we traded for him. Yeah, that's a gray oh, area. Fuck, that's a gray that's area. that's a little bit of a gray area. It's gonna but be it's gonna be the asterisk. Is it is it possible? Is it possible? To my previous point, yes, I believe it's possible. Is it likely? Not necessarily likely. Right. However, if you've been a bad team, if you've if you've been a an ill performing team like the T Wolves have in years past, as well as a team like like the Seventy Sixers. You can potentially draft great players over consecutive years, leading you to a foundation to develop a team like this. Now we have to get into we have to get into the supplemental area to this, and that is how do you at, how do you kind of factor in the notion of trading for players to create a super team? That is what we experienced all this summer with Kevin Durant right. in in adding adding him to the Warriors, um, but. But how one can you can you add just one player, or can you add multiple players? Like, let's take the case of one. I think you can definitely add one player for sure. You can definitely add one player. I think adding Kevin Durant, Durant to that team, he is a perennial All Star. He right. is like to to me to me it becomes it becomes really interesting what the Warriors are. But that was a that was an off season free agency move. It wasn't a trade. Okay. So okay. You, you just said, "Could we trade?" Okay. One? Could could you and trade? The answer is yes. Could you trade or could you acquire? Let me be a little okay. more, little be a little more specific there. Could you trade or acquire assets to improve your roster? 
and and make you a super team. I think you definitely can. Yeah, I think David Stern thought otherwise, and he said no to Chris Paul. You know, like uh, Chris Paul to L.A. Yeah, with Kobe Bryant, yeah. Paul Gasol was going to be a super team. So, and he declined that. Do you think? Do you think, given the Adam Silver reign in the NBA, yeah. that that Chris Paul trade goes through today? Yes. And I, I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree that he's he's looking for no he's looking for great teams. He's looking for for numbers for the NBA, not just for a specific area. Right. Um, it's funny. Like, there's so many possible moves that can be made, but the notion of a super team is you have to take it on the chin. Yeah. You have to look at your stats and say, "I will be accepting less." And I have to play with X, Y, and Z. I have to play with the James Harden. I have mm-hmm. to play with the Russell Westbrook. I have to play with, you know, LeBron. Yeah. So my brand is now correlated with them. So A, sure they can be traded. B, do they want to be? C, yeah. let's say let's say one person does get traded. Now the next person in line. Do I need to play with a James Harden and a Dwight Howard? Yeah. Do I want to play with a LeBron James <laughs> and a Kyrie Irving? Mm-hmm. Do I want to be playing with, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now I'm third in command. You're third in command, but you're on a you're on a caliber of a team that allows you to potentially win a championship. Right. So that that is a really interesting notion. Yeah. I, I want to take on two two other subjects as part of this. One is as we up the cap, do we see do we see perpetually stronger teams, if not more super teams, as a result? Because more more players are allowed to potentially play together and potentially play for wages that would allow them to not really concede as much yeah. as they once did. Interesting, interesting point. I would say that money is becoming less of an answer now, best, best, less of a concern for them. Yeah. And I would say that more teams will happen. More super teams more, will happen. More teams at the top, inevitably more teams at the bottom. Bottom. We've never seen uh, max players getting traded for, for max players, really, you know? So yeah. we have no idea what free agency is going to look like. <laughs> and that's going to be so hot and so wild. That, that will be like, extremely wild. I really don't know. And that's probably when we can get to redefine this definition. Yeah. Is next season's offseason. Yeah. So, so, so maybe the, to your point, maybe the definition changes. Maybe yeah. it continues to evolve. I, you know, I think, I think it's really... Given that it's new terminology in the league, it has to continue to go with how the league is behaving, with what it means to be great and, and to establish dominance in the league. So we've been talking about players this whole time. What about coaches? What about management? Like, I mean, so coach, if, if I'm going to go with it, I, you have to go with Phil Jackson as a, as a potential asset to a super team, yeah. especially with the Lakers. I mean, just absolutely incredible. If he's not there, could they have done it? I don't think so. Oh, I, I don't know. I think probably. May, I guess it. I mean, it's it's complete theory at this at at this I mean, point. But I I think if you have a great coach, if you have a great coach with great players, you draw it all in. You you draw it all in. Plus, you you elevate your other your other weaker players to a higher level, thus allowing you to play championship caliber ball. Yeah, you're not playing Mo Williams forty minutes. You're playing now. Is there is there an asset in the league right now? Is there a coach in the league that I would consider part of this super team? I don't know if there is. I don't know if there is right now. Uh, well, I mean, do you consider consider someone like Popovich like being a strong enough coach? I think he's a great coach. I think he, but he hasn't. He really hasn't kind of won those consecutive championships. So going going back to that aspect, and then there's a lot of younger coaches out there as They're well. So, so well it's like, right now, yeah. I mean, do you put any coaches in this in this kind of regarded territory up here? Like hey, that man. they're big enough assets to really influence the direction of a great team and, and well, potentially shift them. This taps a little bit on historical archaic basketball, but like Red Arbach or. Um, Oh, from the Celtics. Yeah, or like Rudy Tom Donovan, Rudy Tom Donovan of the Rockets. Um, we can go. Yeah, Phil Jackson. Quite honestly, is 
for sure the answer here. Yeah. I mean, Pat Riley. Yeah, I mean you you probably have to get, you have to consider someone like Pat Riley in that equation. Yeah. With with three could they have done it anyways? Maybe. It's interesting, right? Because maybe they just got really freaking lucky. Yeah. Being in LA, yeah, or being in Chicago with a Michael Jordan with a Scottie Pippen, yeah. you know, being I can't left. I can't leave out a uh, Bill Cartwright. Um <laughs> Or being in, uh, you know, Miami with just so happens to be Dwayne Wade and a, an amazing location. And then, oh, by the way, a LeBron and a Bosch. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, Riley won more championships. And I guess it's evidence that these types of coaches are the ones that have, in the past 20, 30 years, are the ones that have multiple championships. There's, very s- there's a small list of teams with a coach that has one championship. You know? Yeah. There's a really small team, a core list of teams that have a coach with multiple. And so. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's something to continue to ponder. We're just kind of pondering, we're pondering live (laughs) on air, really. (laughs) And we'll we'll probably have to redefine that. that. But the, uh, I mean, the the fact is like, it's an interesting topic and it's an evolving topic. You know, for this week, I kind of want to wrap it up, but I wanted to, being that we're in, what I'd consider a little bit of a dog days of basketball type area right now before we get into Olympic ball and before we really set the course for, for preseason ball. I wanted to bring this up because this has been a pretty prevalent topic as we've gotten out of the playoffs, as we've gotten into free agency. So I kind of want to explore it. I think we'll hit on, hit on aspects of it later in future episodes. So that wraps up our feature on, on the, the definition or the notion of the super team. Um, so, so next week, next week on Right in the Pine, we're, we're being, we are going to talk about Olympic ball. We are going to get into U.S. dominance in Olympic ball, the inevitable, as, as well as talk about some Olympic matchups that are coming this year. So, this is Hondo. I'm here with Gee. This is Right in the Pine for episode four. We out. Peace. This has been a Vencast Studios production. This is Stacy on her motorcycle. What an incredible view! And this is Stacy off her motorcycle. Does this have sucralose in it? On her motorcycle. Oh, the wind in my hair! Off her motorcycle. Uh, it's pronounced etc., not etc. On. Woohoo! Yes! Off. No. You're better on your bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, quote today at progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.